2: 2023's selection of games is unprecedented, and I literally just wanted to take a second to run down how many incredible individual scenes, reveals, gameplay mechanics, and everything else we've had across the last 12 months. The more specific, the better, so let me know your own favorites down in the comments below. I'm Scott from moreculture.com, and these are the 15 most phenomenal video game moments of 2023. Number 15, fighting a biker gang by throwing motorcycles at them. Robocop Rogue City. Robocop is the best game of 2023 you haven't played, a super meaty combat model, a well-written story, super satisfying 80s movie channeling tone, and a throughline thematic around the usefulness of a half-robot police officer that pays off at multiple points across the story, depending on which dialogue options you pick one bit that is pure wide-eyed grin territory though is when you start taking on the street vultures and realize you can literally wield their motorcycles as they ride around trying to score a hit on you flinging one vehicle straight into the face of a biker as everything then explodes in a slow motion shower of limbs and viscera might be the single most video game beat of the year but rogue city is utterly glorious because of it number 14 playing as venom spider-man 2 Spider-Man 2 does have its shortcomings, but towards the close of the story, when it comes time for Venom to break out of Oscorp, the game shifts control over to you. Coming with a whole new moveset and traversal now based around powerful leaps that decimate opponents when you land, Venom feels like a tank on legs, complete with bone-snapping finishes and tentacle whips. It's the coolest part of the game, outside of playing as MJ when Spider-Man is actively hunting her like a slasher villain, and an early indication alongside Insomniac saying they're up for it that we're getting some Venom DLC somewhere down the line. We can only hope. If we all do this as one, maybe we can will it into being. Number thirteen, Scorpion Awakens. Mortal Kombat One. Mortal Kombat One's soft reboot of the entire canon is a majestic, careful restitching back together of one of gaming's greatest tapestries. Character motivations are swapped around. Various 2000s era c-listers are brought center stage, and for about two thirds of its runtime, everything hits a steady pace. Then we get into the third act, and things truly kick in. Whilst your mileage may vary on the various multiversal reveals and which characters seem to get sidelined, one scene the entire fandom adores is this timeline scorpion revealing his true power. Coming after a Sub Zero betrayal, Kwai Lang, not Hanzo Hisashi, the original scorpion, he's now his son, murders a slew of goons with chained hands, takes on the now General Shao Kahn, and melts an incoming blade aimed straight for his face through sheer mastery of his own firepower. It's phenomenal. Number 12. Ganondorf's health bar goes off the screen. The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom It's hyper rare that Nintendo take direct influence from another entity, but the amount of Dark Souls in Tears of the Kingdom's new version of Ganondorf is a perfect fit. Everything from his menacing transformation seen in the game's various flashbacks to the underground sword fight he and Link partake in is dripping with that level of raw melee intensity from software reminded people they love. However, it's when the Demon King truly starts needing to emerge victorious that he summons a handful of clones and his own health bar grows so large it flies outside his own name tag straight to the edges of the screen. A great Hideo Kojima-esque visual acknowledgement of just how powerful this near-final version of Ganondorf is, you still had a good chunk of the game left before you put him down, but this fight was immediately iconic. Number 11. The Choice Baldur's Gate 3 Spoilers for at least one of the ways Baldur's Gate 3 can go at the very end. Jump to this timestamp to avoid them. Larian's genuine masterpiece is easily the most impressive game of 2023, and within is the character of Karlak, A devil-looking woman destined to burn up if she stays away from hell too long because an evil lord replaced her heart with an infernal demon engine. As you do. From the setup she's incredibly memorable and at the end where you must make a choice on who's going to get the ultimate power of the illithid the mind Flayer race you've been dabbling with for over 80 hours or so now one option is karlak herself doing so grants karlak a different version of immortality at the cost of her appearance but it also gives her power beyond her wildest dreams bulking out her already impressive frame and moveset to now let her command black holes on the fly reduce enemies to dust and command bolts of pure energy with unending reserves you even gain an eat brain option to regenerate health, seeing the game's final mission through in gory style, standing shoulder to shoulder with your former friend, cackling like an evil genius at just how much fun you're both having. Number 10, Scaling the Strider, Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon. A beautifully intricate game that sees from software take all the money made and lessons learned from over a decade of Souls titles, reinvesting in an IP that initially turned heads back in 1997. The game's difficulty spikes with the first boss, and there's certainly a ton of options when it comes to building your mech that you can totally get lost in, but alongside that is chunky, tactile, and rewarding combat, giving us that stylistic, identifiable FromSoft boss design that everyone now knows and loves. Tackling the Strider is an early highlight, being that this walking city-sized mechanical kaiju is so huge, all you can see are its feet for most of the fight. Realizing which platforms you need to scale, how to deal damage, and finally toppling this galactic sized behemoth all in-game, finally escaping as it explodes in the background without once breaking controllability, is one of Fires of Rubicon's absolute high points. Number 9, Metroid Prime Remastered gets Shadow Dropped Shadow drops rule every single time, seeing a trailer or gameplay demo and the voiceover notes at the end that this game is actually available right now, there's nothing better. I'm actually recording this the day before the Game Awards, and I'm just praying and hoping that we get a bunch of those there too. Thankfully, Nintendo agreed too, and back in February, amidst the Switch Online service getting Game Boy and Game Boy Advance libraries for a monthly fee, we got the Metroid Prime Remaster, available during the Nintendo Direct itself. Not only was this a cool payoff to years of rumors surrounding what's happening with the Prime IP, but the remaster is one of 2023's best games. An absolutely stunning title that runs perfectly on Switch, outshining far more powerful tech when it comes to environmental effects and performance in general. This was an immediate reminder that the Metroid Prime titles are gaming royalty for a reason. And hopefully it means that we get an update on Metroid Prime 4 at some point in the near future. Quality sleep
1: is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Need to hire? You need Indeed. Number eight Rockfort's reveal and boss fight. Hi-Fi Rush. Speaking of Shadow Drops, Microsoft got out there before Metroid, releasing the utterly unknown Hi-Fi Rush back in January from the evil-within-developers Tango Gameworks. Not only was the game an immediate hit through a gorgeous art-style and rhythmic hack-and-slash gameplay, but its bosses were memorably larger than life, too. Specifically, Rockfort, an unassuming man-turned-hulking-great-mech-wolf, you fight Rockfort in three stages, each transition animated beautifully, with the climax of the fight being a rhythm mini-game for the big finish. Hi-Fi Rush is 2023's shiniest hidden gem, not just because it was unexpected, but because it's so ludicrously, unashamedly beautiful. The fact a survival horror dev pivoted this hard and this well should be outright championed. 7. Sia Junda vs. Darth Vader – Star Wars Jedi Survivor Respawn feel like the only team of creatives that actually know what the hell Star Wars should be overall in the modern era. I mentioned their effortless blend of each movie era's trappings in our overall Game of the Year list, but that essence is crystallized in the Seer-Junda vs. Darth Vader duel, where playing as Seer you get to have a really slick showdown with the Dark Lord himself. Best of all, Respawn's writers walk a perfect line between showing Junda's skill and power, actually succeeding in downing Vader after some powerful back and forths. Respawn closed the scene out in a way that restores Vader's tactile mindset, tapping into the wider vulnerability of the character and housing the whole Jedi series inside Star Wars as a wider mythos perfectly. Number 6. The Villager Twist Diablo 4 Diablo 4 might be a predatory AF microtransaction torture device at this point, but it at least makes a fantastic first impression. Leading with a more cinematic, cutscene-based approach that I think anyone was expecting, your customized hero of choice is led to believe they've just helped out a small township of innocence, fending off demons in the cold. Instead, their celebratory meal is poisonous, and both yourself and your character realise this at the same time. You're quickly thrown into Wicker Man territory as you're prepped for what looks like a ritual sacrifice, with the evil Lilith being the real puppet master behind the scenes. It's some straight-up Resident Evil 4 or RE village-type business, and you're forced to cleave your way back to safety, wiping out these supposedly carefree souls as the game really kicks in. We'll just not talk about the following hundred hours that happen after that. Number 5. Literally Every Gunfight, Trapang 2 In a gaming industry filled with monetization grinds gated off deluxe editions and broken AAA releases stealing £70 from us every few months, it's easy to remember a time when games were just more reliable. Enter Trapang 2, a glorious modern continuation of where EA's Black, or the Fiat games specifically 1 and 2, left off. There's nothing less than outright over-the-top gunplay, replete with leaping kicks to finish foes in slow motion, a great selection of immediately enjoyable weaponry, and prioritized sound design so every click and mechanical clock is all that's left when a room of bodies drop as one. I treasure games like this, and considering the Trapang name is actually a placeholder that the developers hung on to at the expense of anything anyone would ever Google or find themselves, Trapang 2 needs every shout-out it can get so people like yourself can notice how much fun it is. Number 4. Using the camera – Viewfinder Sometimes you just need to take a minute and remark that a game has a really cool idea. Viewfinder, though, might take the cake for designing a signature mechanic around taking 2D pictures with an in-game camera that then become 3D when placed anywhere in the landscape. Instantly, you'll move your character and realize the perceived depth of that flat image is now navigable, creating pathways entirely based on how you literally harnessed and reshaped the environment in real time. Viewfinder does change this up across its five-chapter campaign, but the first time you see what Sad Owl Studios have pulled off, it's straight-up genius. Number 3. Fighting Through Time and Space – Starfield Spoilers for Starfield's main campaign. Check out this timestamp to avoid them. Starfield might be divisive as hell thanks to repeat biomes and tilesets not living up to its advertised 1,500-plus planet setup, but at least its main campaign is brilliantly paced, character-rich, and thematically rewarding. Centered on the conversation around what exploration can even serve us as a species once we've taken to the stars and expended all resources, you'll come face-to-face with multiversal versions of characters you've already partied up with. Starfield's greatest trick is then asking whether you want to transcend infinite dimensions, starting life again as a starborn in a different timeline with all your knowledge and progress intact, and who knows how many character or world variables to then find and interact with. You can turn all this down though, and try to stop whichever generated character is now opposing you, triggering a fight that warps between countless environments, universes, and timelines. With you and your foes dropping in and out of key environments that you've seen on your journey to this point, fighting amongst NPCs on city streets or brawling across backwater bars, it's the most cinematic and memorable final encounter Bethesda have ever devised. A brutally tough fight that can last hours depending on how equipped you are going in. It took me about two and a half. Number two, going Dragon Ball AF, Final Fantasy XVI. Spoilers for Final Fantasy XVI's Bahamut fight. Again, timestamp. How to even describe what you see in Final Fantasy 16? I was a giddy, giddy, giddy mess. It was incredible. Yes, the game is Game of Thrones meets kaijus mixed with Final Fantasy trappings, but no one was expecting the boss fights to go this hard. The first time you fight Titan and the game's music turns into a Devil May Cry-style electro beat with rapping vocals, you'll either be in or out. I was stupidly, ludicrously in. Kurto and main man Clive is now in space, fighting the out-of-control Prince Dion morphed into Bahamut, King of Dragons, and only the power of brotherhood between him and the thought-dead Joshua can stop the chaos. Clive and Joshua promptly do a Dragon Ball, uniting their Afrit and Phoenix forms to create Efrit Risen, a flying OP version of both beasts, punching right through Dion for a cinematic finish that's utter insanity in the best way possible. I'm literally just thanking the gaming gods for this. What an utterly spectacular moment in a year full of them. And number one, the dance scene, Alan Wake 2. Speaking of the best things possible, Alan Wake 2 has set the bar in gaming for how to tell people who are playing the sequel what happened in the original. Done in a way that's powered by Alan's own mind, intertwined with the hellish dark place keeping him prisoner, you get to play through a phenomenally well-done dance sequence, mixed with third-person shooting and a glam rock guitar track blazing away in the background. Long-time Remedy fans will appreciate the mix of writer Sam Lake popping up as the Max Payne-like Alex Casey, dancing in live action with Alan Whig model Ilka Billy, while Wick's voice actor Matthew Peretta sings about everything from Alan's childhood. Max Payne 2 debuting band Poets of the Fall back the entire thing with their own appearance as the Old Gods of Asgard, with iconic actor David Harewood also joining in as someone else from the wider Remedy- this. Altogether, the sequence is beyond words. The culmination of everything Remedy have achieved in video games, live action, music, and performance in general, wrapped into one glorious celebratory scene that you only get more out of the more you followed their journey since the beginning. For me, it was heaven. Also, this video took me five tries to record. That camera would not stay on, and I hated for it. But mostly, Merry Christmas to all of you, and thank you very much for watching the whole video. I've been Scott from a Culture.com. Have a lovely holiday period, and I'll catch you very soon.